As the official healthcare provider of Minnesota United, Alina Health is focused on keeping our loons in top condition. And with expertise in orthopedics, sports medicine, heart care, and more, Alina has the team to keep your family in the game too. The experts at Alina Health take the time to get to know you as a whole person, helping you achieve wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. It's an altogether better kind of healthcare. Learn more at alinahealth.org. And welcome back to another episode of Sound of the Loons. And this time we're gonna kind of we're gonna throw it back and throw it forward because we're looking at uh, the academy stuff. We're looking at the twos. We're looking at the first team. We're looking at the future of the first team. So we're gonna kind of mix it all into one. And I've got uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Devin Pedelford. I did say that right. Did I say that right, Devin? Yes, you did. You did. Uh I'll tell you what, when I do games and now that you're always in the first team roster, you've been in the first team roster quite a bit and I'm doing it with a different broadcast partner or whatever, not Cal, right? Yeah. He's so perfectionist about pronunciations, you know, rightfully so to get your guys' name right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always like, it's Padelford, Padelford, not Paddleford. You got to get this right. I, I get it. I married him <laughs> to D St. Aubin, you know, it gets butchered mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. I mean, growing up, it was always like people, I just didn't really care. I was just like, you know what, if you want to say it, whatever's easier. But no, nah, a lot of people have been harping on it. I'm like, oh, it means so much now, you know? <laughs> right? And to probably your family. I know we we do that all the time with players and they're like, oh, it's fine. Like the mm -hmm. PR people are like, oh, no, it's fine. Just say it that way. And I'm like, no, like we want to give it proper justice here. Like it's not that hard, you know, to, to try to get it right. When these guys have it on the back of their jersey, you want to get the name right. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit. First of all, I noticed the stash is gone. You, yeah. make, you make your first team debut. I did that match. I saw the stash and now all of a sudden it's gone. And I was talking to Dane St. Clair. I think we mentioned it to him the other day. So what's the, I said, maybe his girlfriend or something like ixnated. I don't know. Like, what was <laughs> the, you got a national shout out from Tom Bogart and then you shaved the I stash. Know. I mean, listen, I loved it. It was good. It was just, it was doing too long. And it, I kind of saw pictures of it and I was like, oh, maybe I should clean up a little bit but i know a lot of people liked it that was what was so funny we had the appearance before the second team game the other day and all the fans were like why'd you shave it why'd you shave it and i'm like i don't know i kind of just wanted to freshen up for the summer i guess yeah well you you don't want some funky tan line so then when you yeah that was, was that was the funniest part is it was cloudy for like the next three days we were outside so then i've got this <laughs> funny tan line here and oh Oh, that's awesome. I know it's funny too, because there's probably, I mean, I feel like it's kind of ebbs and flows when there's, especially maybe with the Academy guys into the twos where mm. like they would give anything to be able to like grow a stash, you know, and <laughs> yeah. even some first team guys, I feel like are that way. It's so, it's so funny how it's like to each their own on what they're capable of, you know? So for sure. Um, what was the first team? Just, I, I, I we're going to go back and like, you know, Minnesota United homegrown, all that kind of stuff. But just talk me through the moment still of stepping on that field in that game the other night against Toronto FC. And I know it probably feels like an eternity ago now because your schedule has been crazy, but what was that like? And it's at Allianz field. I mean, were you just like 
buzzing in the beginning? Was it hard to keep your adrenaline in check? Like, how did that feel? Yeah, I mean, right. Cause like we always are just standing down there and it's normally like fuller or like look down or like start screaming. And like he didn't come all the way down. He just stood up and screamed. And I was like, who is he yelling for? Like, I was like, kind of doing that one. I'm like, all right, whatever. Not like not getting like a touch from Buckley or anything. And like just full on screams. And I'm like, oh, oh man, I better get going because he gets so mad if you're not ready. But like, I kind of had my shin guards and everything on, throw the kid on quick. You know, he runs through the set pieces and then. As soon as like DJ came over and high five me, it was like, boom, like just so much adrenaline because I think they had a throw in obviously on the other side. So I had to get in, get all the way over there to make sure I was marking the guy. And then like ball gets thrown in right by me and I was just all up on the guy. And then like ball goes back sprinting up. It's just like <laughs> everything, everything was coming so fast. And I just remember being like, oh my, and this is, this is crazy. I wonder what your monitor said in that like first three minutes. Because you had to jump right into action, but also mm-hmm. like your adrenaline, you know, yeah. and you're like trying to like take a breath, you know, and you're sprinting one way, you're sprinting the next way. It's like that moment, you know, where it's like a mix of the excitement and the nerves. It's a combination of all of the above. And oh, by the way, it's like an incredibly fast paced game that was still tight that you were being thrown mm-hmm. into at the moment. And in, in Toronto's like not doesn't have a great record, but everybody has great players. You know, I mean, anybody can yeah, beat anybody I mean, on any given day. It was really interesting to go in and see Bernadeski and Richie Larea running at you. And you haven't really seen too many guys at that level in probably my whole life as of right now. Maybe like a couple other guys in preseason games that are like that. But it was just like, all right, here we go. You know, like you got nothing to lose right now. Just let it let it be. What was the fam like? I mean, I'm assuming they've come to like other games before, whether you're in it or not in it. But you know what I mean? Like, what was what was that like? That has to be Um, just like a culmination of pride. It was amazing. I mean, I was so happy that they were able to come and like be there. And like, I was just so happy I got to do it at home. Like it was, it was unbelievable. And the place was already jumping because Ray went in and it was Ray's return. So then I got to come in and then they were even louder for that. And it was just like, it was so just such a full circle moment. And then obviously after the fact, there was a video my mom took and you can like hear my sister just like hyperventilating. And she's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's going in. He's going in. And like my dad's like, you got to calm down. You got to call like, it's, it's, it's going to be all right. And they're just all ecstatic. And then I, I think there was like a guy in front of them who was like, Oh, is that your son? Blah, blah, blah. And he like stood up and started yelling. They said, and it was, it was just really cool. And then seeing them after being able to take the picture and just like everything that they like sacrificed for me, like all paid off for that. And they were, they were ecstatic. And then when I got home, we the late night, just celebrating with everyone and stuff like that. So it was awesome. Yeah. How do you go to, I mean, it's hard to go to bed after playing a game anyways, because you're like wired. And then after that, I'm sure everybody was buzzing. Is your sister older or younger? Uh, They're both younger. Okay. Both younger. So that had to be like a pretty sweet moment. I mean, they've probably been, whether they play or not themselves, maybe drug around to some of your stuff. And you just mentioned it, the sacrifices and everywhere you go, it's like, oh, you're Devin's sister. You're Devin. You know, it's never like, maybe someday it'll be like, oh, you're so-and-so's brother you know like maybe it'll the title turn and your sisters will be rock Mm -hmm. stars and something yeah for sure um Um, talk to me about that that when you talk about the the feeling of being a homegrown and doing it on allianz field and sort of the the pride factor because every club talks about that what it feels like to wear the the crest and if i'm trying to think who did i do recently that oh uh gosh oh my gosh it's all oh chicago fire because Frank mm-hmm. Klopas has taken over, right? And mm-hmm. he's done like everything under the sun for the Chicago Fire and talked about the homegrowns. Same thing. Like, is it a different feeling when you've grown up 
in that system, or at least in the state of Minnesota, even if you weren't necessarily with Minnesota United the whole time, because it wasn't always a thing, you know, mm -hmm. is it a different, a different energy and a vibe? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's like a whole other level of like, I really want to be able to like show kids. Cause like, I realistically got to play at like every level of Minnesota soccer you could as a kid, high school, club, academy. So I just want like every kid to know, like, being able to do that, what I did is like, it's not that far and like you can achieve it. Like that's just the biggest thing I want to be able to like tell kids in the academy is like, it's right there. And if you're willing to sacrifice and put everything towards it, like you can get after it. And like that kind of just came full circle. Cause like you're out there in your home state, your family's there, the fans all know you're from there. And like, it gives them like hope, like, man, this is so cool. Like he's probably done things that I've done here. Like he just probably grew up similar to the way I did. And it's just like, it makes, it just makes you so happy when you're out there. Like, I remember I, I couldn't stop smiling. Like we were losing and like, I just still like couldn't stop smiling. And then when we scored, it was just electric. I mean, like it was like, just to see the fans and like, even after the fact, like walking around and seeing the fans and talking to them, like, it's just, it's such a good culture there. And I love it. And like, I don't even know how to describe it to people sometimes. Cause like, it's just like, you're just always so happy. And I think it's just su super cool. Like I still, to this day, it's so hard to process, but at the end of the day, I just think it's really, really cool. I was just telling my sister-in-law about Leo Kane, who mm -hmm. I did a podcast with, and we were talking about sort of the evolution of Minnesota United, the academy, and some of these kids, either in high school, what they're choosing to do, if they're doing online school, how does that work, tryouts, you know, because she's got, she's got five boys and a girl. And, um, you know, her oldest is like, I think 11 or 12. So it's like one of those things, you know, like she's already like thinking that process, mm -hmm. right? And and same thing. I mean, I, I know you guys did an appearance on Sunday before the second team game and there was an all American cup going on up there. My daughter was playing in that turning up at, at up at NSC. And then you got mm -hmm. like USA cup. I mean, you must think when you are sitting there in this chair, giving autographs and these kids are coming up that like, I, I was doing that. That was me. Yeah. I was you, the whole, like, if you see it, you can be it concept and like thinking about dragging around to those tournaments when you were nine, 10, 12, whatever, you know? Yeah. Again, I think that was, what was so funny. We actually had two kids come up that had the medals for that tournament and we were like talking to them about it. And it was just like, man, like I remember doing this when I was a kid and like, you never know, like if that kid like stays dedicated to it, like it could happen for him. And like, that's what's so crazy about this industry that I learned a lot last year is like things happen just like that. Like it's, you can be all the way here and then you can immediately be here. Like you just, it's, it's insane. And that's the biggest thing I learned at least last year was like, you just have to find like a place to be. Don't get too high and don't get too low. Otherwise it can, it can affect your play for sure. How do you um, like, I know you're so young, but looking back at that, right. Even just your time with the Academy and growing up, even if it was your, with your club team, how do you, if you could summarize or give, even the current Academy kids, a piece of advice about that, you know, and sometimes we talk about that, even in my industry, like your path doesn't have to be linear, you know, it doesn't have to be, there's only one way to get somewhere. Or maybe if you veer off and you get back on, like, that's okay too. Everybody's not the same. So yeah. as an athlete, as a player, what kind of wisdom would you impart on, on those kids? And maybe the current Academy kids, if maybe they try out for the 14s and they don't make it, but then they're thinking, oh, I can't do it next year. Or now I'm going to be behind. Like what, what kind of advice would you give? All I'm going to say is it takes a lot of sacrifice if you want to get to like the top level of all soccer. I mean, in high school, I really didn't have that much of like a big social life or like going out and stuff like that because 
my whole thing was I want to make sure I get to where I want to get to. And the biggest thing I learned right away was doing stuff outside of training. Like you can't just show up to training and think like that's doing enough because sometimes you're not going to be able to like do things that you can do specific to your position or specific to other things or like things you can get better at that you're doing a lot of your position, like crossing a ball as an outside back. Like you might not do that a lot at that training session. So like the big part for me when it was, I was like 13, it was just get outside, touch the ball every single day. Like just not even like, you know, cause I hate the fact that kids like think they have to just get singled out to one sport. So like I grew up four sports up until I, as long as I possibly could, like I played basketball in high school, kicked football. So like, it's good to at least to take breaks. That's for sure. Because you can get very burnt out. Like I see kids getting like private coaches at like 11 and it's like, Oh, I would like, I wasn't doing that. If I did that, I probably would have hated it. And like, I think it's just find a group of people that want the same goals as you and just get out and touch the ball and play and just, you know, know it's okay to sacrifice things. Like maybe you're not hanging out with your friends today because you want to go do that. Or, you know, maybe it's, you're not going to that party because you have a tournament on the weekend. Um, but from like a team standpoint and a tryout standpoint, I mean, I was only a developmental player when the Academy was first here, when I was 16, like I got, I didn't really make it as like a full-time player. So like that sucked, but I mean, you kind of just have to be like, it's all right. Because again, like you said, everyone's journey is different. And if you get too down, you're probably never going to want to do it again. But if you can just keep your head up and think, well, there's going to be this opportunity, there's going to be this opportunity, or I can get better at this, you know? So I think it's just, just stay positive no matter what and know anyone can make it every different way. I mean, everyone on the roster, you can ask them, how'd you get here? And it's something different. So just know that there's not one specific way to make it. What have you noticed just in your time of how the, the evolution of the actual Academy and the twos have been, because I know it's only the second year of the twos. And I know talking to Cameron, I know talking to Noel Quinn about the Academy, talking to Amos McGee, talking to some of the players and even Manny, like, you know, the, the, feeling around the twos is that it's such a different cohesiveness because everyone was new last year. You're trying to mm -hmm. establish leadership and culture and staff for that matter. And then now with the Academy and Minnesota United really putting investment in it and understanding that, you know, if we want to make it at, you know, at MLS level, we need to invest in our young players and that's, that's the way to go. I mean, that's the way it can be done here. So what have you noticed in the evolution of that? Just what you've witnessed? I mean, since the revamp, like when I had to do the open tryouts, when it first came back after it shut down, I mean, Noel has done an amazing job with just instilling culture. I mean, the culture there is unbelievable. Like that really changed my mindset when he, you know, the things he preaches and the things he does, it's, it's a whole new level. And Give us I, an example, like take us inside. What, what does he preach? What is, is his sort of mantra? It's just, you know, he's all about doing the dirty work, you know, being, being just kind of being like an away like you know like just be a guy that people don't want to go against and like you got to be a team stuff like that and just honestly it's just all about hard work at the end of the day like football is one because you want it more than the other team like that's how you that's how you get results and I think also the big thing was is like he was always preaching to us at least the 19s team before I signed is like we're all we need to make this an environment so that we're all pushing for one person to make it out it was kind of like that it's like we need to make this environment so someone's making it to that first team pitch. And then it's like, wow, this is like a group effort. We all got him there some way. Like I helped him with this, or like I helped him with that. And 
I think when that became like the idea of like, we need to push to get people to the next level and like make the environment better. It just, we took off. And I mean, honestly, we had a really successful fall season that year for us. And I think they've been doing a really good job. And then now you add in the second team, which tons of Academy guys are getting opportunities with that. And that's really good for them because you need, you need stuff like that to push you. Like I remember my first preseason game, like it was like, wow, like, do I really belong here? Because it's such a, it's such a culture shock and like a lot of things change and you got to mature and learn quickly. And I think those games will help with kids a lot and development wise for sure too. So I think, I think it's all moving in the right direction culture wise, big time, especially with the second team this year too. It's Cam's second year. So like his voice is becoming more, you know, uh, complete and people are kind of getting the message of what they're about. So I think it's all moving in the right direction. It's really exciting to see. What about those challenges, though, for that group? And you've experienced it because you've been on the twos, you've been on the first team, and kind of like the challenge of the priority is always going to be the first team if they need players to step up and join their roster, which can leave the twos short. And then you're pulling up academy guys, which is a great opportunity because you don't you don't know what you're made of, you know, until you get those moments and you get mm-hmm. to take your opportunity. But for Cameron, for Knowles to to try to find this cohesiveness and consistency and lineup and you know what what kind of challenges did you see that as you bounced back and forth a little bit and how does how do you guys navigate that? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, we kind of dealt with that last year towards the end. It was like we had a lot of first team guys coming down and we kind of were finding like something as a team. And then you have guys that we're normally playing with that we've haven't even played with ever in a professional match and it kind of adds a whole different perspective and you, you really have to like, I don't know. It's really interesting. Cause like, it's hard to like have that chemistry then. And from a standpoint, and it's really difficult. We found at the end of the year, cause I mean, we didn't really win any of those last few games when we did that stuff and it sucked. But I think the biggest thing with this year is guys have really accepted like, Hey, if this happens, it's all right. Like I understand, like I'm at where I'm at because of the things I've done. And because he's coming down when I get my time, I got to come in and shine. So I think guys have been doing a lot better with not getting down about it and not getting up about it when they're getting the opportunities. So I think it's just, they've done a better job with like, kind of, kind of like just easing us into it or like being more aware, like saying like during the week, like, Hey, there might be people coming down. So guys are just aware of like, all right, well, he might not be playing in front of me as the winger. It might be someone else. So things that I'm normally going to be able to do with this guy, I'm not going to be able to do with so-and-so. So it's kind of just being aware of stuff like that. But I think it can definitely get challenging just because, like you said, like it's it's weird when you have guys coming in that have not played with you all year, but at the end of the day, it's our job. So we got to do it. And I think there's just been a better cohesion with everybody. And like the guys that have come down this year have really like – accepted the opportunity and they're not like oh like oh i'm down with the second team like i don't want to be here it's no like we got to keep this at a high level because the guys that we're going to play we're keeping it at a high level so you better be able to come down and help you know kind of stuff like that i guess they've been doing better with that who who's the leader of the twos or is it a uh cohesive is it a <laughs> you know i don't know what i'm like totally having a brain fart on the word i'm looking for is it like a team effort on that or is it yeah um it's interesting because you have so many different ages between everybody. So like, you know, we have a few guys that are like 24, 25, and you have young 16 year olds, guys in the middle that are like 19, 20. So it's just so many different personalities. And honestly, this year, like, it's almost like a family with the twos. Like we've gone out a lot on our own, had team dinners and stuff like that, just to be around each other. We all get along like no, no egos are, you know, ruining people and stuff like that. 
I'm just so happy that it's moving in the right direction because it's, it's just so much, it's bad. It's better overall for training and that stuff. But I'd say Diogo is a big leader for sure. Um, older guy. Does he still have his stash? Yes. Yes. I think he is the staple. I mean, if he shaves (laughs) it, if he shaves, I mean, his world is ending. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, CC is a good one. Another older guy. Um, I think me and Fred have done a really good job this year of showing more personality and not being kids in a sense. At least I've noticed like I've let more of my personality out and been more vocal with the guys. And it's, it was a big, 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 big thing that we needed, I think, because seeing the guys that are, you know, supposed to be with the first team that are coming down and last year where that would happen and guys were just like, Oh, like this is a waste of time where, you know, it's like, no, like we get the opportunity to do this. Like let's make the most of it. And it just made the environment so much better. But I think it just depends on the day. Honestly, it's like a team thing. Whoever, whoever's feeling it, will do it. Um, and then what about the first team? Who have you been able to lean on for advice? We know who the other left back is. We know it's for the most part, Kamar Lawrence and, and, you know, you rotate a few other guys here and there, mm-hmm. but is there any individual that you've been able to lean on? And maybe it's not a left back. Maybe it's just whoever, like who, who have you leaned on a lot or gotten some good in- advice from? Yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, just like a lot of off the field advice, especially this preseason, a lot from Will Trapp. Um, great guy. Love him. He's amazing with anything. Like if I'm struggling, always can go to him. Um, another guy would be Zarek. Zarek came in and I got along with him really well. Uh, we kind of have similar sense of humor. So that was really funny, but he's, he's amazing. Cause I, I kind of went through a little rough thing the first week of the year and he just was like the only guy that came up to me and kind of just gave me like some positive words to stay up about it. And it really meant a lot. And then on the field, I'd say Hassani is a really good one. He's always just, and sometimes it's not the nicest things, but <laughs> I've learned that that's just sometimes how- his body language, like strikes me as like mm-hmm. a father disappointed in his child. Like, yeah. you know, when like mm-hmm. the, when the pass isn't just right or whatever, yes. like watching his body language. My first year he did it to me and I was like, oh man, he must hate me. Cause I was still like a trial. I was like a trials Academy kid. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know about him. Like, I was like, I, maybe he just doesn't like me or something. But I ended up telling him that once we got closer last year and he was like, no, dude, like that's just, that's just what I like. I just, I'm assertive, you know, it's just assert assertiveness. And, but he's awesome. And we have a really good relationship off the field too. And then, yeah, I'd say that's a, that's the main big three for sure. And then obviously other guys all the time chime in with other stuff. So they're awesome. I, I get along with everybody for the most part. I don't have any problems with anyone. Great locker room. So they're all great. Uh, last but not least, um, a little bit on the struggle bus here scoring goals. So how do you get in on this action? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, left back, it'll be it, – it'll be... Yeah, I mean, it could be services. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I, I want to hear your take on it. You know, I'm always asking the attacking guys and stuff, but like yeah, you, get, think, you get a unique perspective from where you sit. Yeah, I think uh, if I can get forward and be dangerous in those areas and put balls where people can finish them, I've done my part. I can't can't be the one that's going in there and doing it. Maybe on the backside, <laughs> if something dips out, maybe get a I don't know, I've seen Boxel gallivant forward yeah. plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think we just we just got to get back the spot we were at to start the year for sure. Just, you know, defensively, I think is a big thing for sure too, you know, just being compact and figuring things out, managing stuff. But I think we'll be all right. We'll figure it out. 
do you think this uh this break i mean how do you guys feel about these kind of breaks and i know you know you're back and forth with the twos and up and down and your your schedule may be slightly different than the first mm-hmm. team. maybe you're just with the first team now but i mean mentally you know you come off a, a really difficult loss on the road at montreal something not you know probably that you guys want to think too much about but you get a little bit of a break you get a little of a rest or recoup mentally physically i mean is that needed? Is it too long? Would you rather get back into it? I know May was crazy, but what's the overall feeling? Yeah, I think it's different for everybody because you have guys that really aren't playing a lot that aren't getting 90 minutes. And then you have guys that are subbing on being impacts that way. And then you have guys that have almost played every minute of every game. So I think honestly, there's some guys that really do need this break and it's just going to be really nice for them, I think. And then I think there's some guys where it's like, uh, like maybe just two days and like get back to it type of thing. So I think it's different for everyone, but I kind of just feel like it's nice to just kind of mentally decompress, probably look back at things and then just get back on the horse and get after it. Especially when you're young, you have to have that mindset. Otherwise they won't think you're hungry anymore from that standpoint. Well, and also, I mean, you know, not that you like look outside what you guys have going on, or maybe you don't even want to watch soccer when you're not doing soccer, but you got this nation leagues going on. You got guys in it, you know, you got the USA, Mexico, you got Canada Mm -hmm. in action. So it's not like if, if there's a time to be off and you could just plop down on your couch and watch something, it's not going to be too bad. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be exciting because Dane was my roommate in Montreal. Oh, Lord, is he talking smack or what? Yeah, I mean... I got a poll. He was on last week, so it's fine. It's fine. I mean, we all know Dan's personality. I got a poll for him against Panama, that's for sure. But if the States is in the final, we all know who I'm rooting for. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, but otherwise, you got to back your guys. Yeah, exactly. I I, totally get it. As long as you're not playing the U.S., we're Yes, exactly. I want him to get to the final, and then the U.S. will give him the beating that they deserve. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah, so... No, nah, he was really excited about it, though. I think it's really cool they're doing it in Vegas, too, because I heard that stadium is unbelievable for the Raiders, I think. So, yep. yeah, be- and they had a what game did they have there last year? I mean, they had other they had other mm-hmm. I can't keep track. But, yeah, I've heard it's phenomenal. And as yeah. long as they can keep the pitch in good shape yeah. um, with the grass wheeling out and all that jazz. But they got all mm-hmm. that technology now. So, well, yeah. I, I totally appreciate you taking the time. I think it's so awesome when you guys join me any of the academy kids the twos and just exactly to your point that people can watch this listen to this whatever and see it and hear it and like they see you on the field but it's nice to actually hear it um from your from you you know in your perspective so i love it when you guys get to join me and chime in on these podcasts because it's it's nice to highlight you guys and your success and your hard work and like all the grind and the sacrifice exactly like you said so i appreciate you taking the time go enjoy a few days off Watch those games. Cheer for Dane when he's not playing the USA, and, and we'll mm. be good to go. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much again. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Devin. Have a great rest of your day, and stay tuned, everybody. Uh, next segment coming up next with Noel Quinn from Academy. Talk to you soon. From graduation parties to corporate luncheons, we all have special occasions that could use a special host location. Regardless of the event, Allianz Field is the perfect spot for you with a variety of unique spaces to choose from, including the roof deck, stadium club, owner suite, and more. Minnesota United's home ground has a space to fit any kind of gathering. Give your event the professional treatment it deserves. Learn more and book your spot at Allianz Field today by visiting mnufc.com slash private events. 
Welcome back, everybody. Segment number two of Sound of the Loons present- presented by Alina Health. First of all, Noel Quinn, Director of Youth Development. Did I get that title right? Because I want to make sure that I give you the proper due here on, on what you're doing over there. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't even think <laughs> I know what my title is. I feel like everybody I, I intro, unless you're a player, says the same thing to me. I talk to Avis or Manny, you know, I'm like, you've got like 17 titles listed, you know, on, on your bio. We got to narrow this bad boy down. So I appreciate you taking me taking the time because I know you're incredibly busy. Um, I just got done talking to Devin Pedelford, who if you want to talk about somebody who's kind of, you know, been the maybe an ultimate pathway for what you guys are trying to accomplish in the state of Minnesota, specifically with youth talent and development and just getting, you know, these athletes to love soccer and continue on with soccer, whether it's the first team or otherwise, would, what would you say? Would you say that is a, is a fair assessment with how Te- Devin had gone about his business and what he's doing now or uh, Fred em- Emmings or what is it that you're trying to accomplish there with Minnesota United? Yeah, I think there's really two key goals overall or key objectives. And firstly, it's to locate uh, players who are good enough to play first team football and then build an environment in which those players can continue to progress to a point where they can play second team and ultimately first team football. And then the second part of, or the second point of the academy is to build a sense of belonging with the football club across the community. And I think when you think about Devin, obviously a, a guy who's fairly local from Woodbury played in the St. Croix club, uh, came into Minnesota United in the first year that that we were here and then last week or two weekends ago played in in the debut. It's when you think about that, finding the player, building the environment, progressing him forward, and then somebody who really does love our football club, like this is really what it's all about. And I I think the highlight for me in watching Devin make that debut was just simply looking at his face. I mean, he loved it. And, you know, he, he came into the match in an important moment and it was really just like a local boy just loving the opportunity to represent the, the football club. And um, yeah, like they see the joy on his face, I thought was one of the most rewarding things. In your from your perspective, since you joined the club, what has been the um, the biggest milestone maybe for you? You, you know, you walked into the job and you're like, okay, we need, this is what we're trying to accomplish. You you have some maybe short-term goals, some long-term goals, just trying to establish the academy and things like that. When, where do you feel like you're at in that process and how do you feel like you've been able to kind of check some of those boxes to your standard? Sure. Yeah. I, I when I think about the academy and overall building a football club, it's really about progress. It's like, what are we continuing to make progress year on year in some of the stated goals? Um, you know, we can look at progress in terms of results on the pitch. Some of the things that we've done this year were in our first season, you know, it was a really difficult moment. We were towards the bottom of the league and this year, 15, 17s and 19s have all um, performed really well somewhere around the middle of the league. Um, each of those teams missed out on going to the playoffs by goal differential effectively. Um, so that's some progress in, in terms of results, but ultimately the probably the progress is is more seen in the pathway. How many players have stepped from 15s into 17s, 17s into 19s, and then 19s into second team? Um, and this year, I think that uh, there's been, I think about f- seven, eight guys who have been in match day squads and have played significant minutes on Minnesota United too. But I think over the last two years, we have about 20 players from the academy who have 
been involved in Minnesota in MNUFC two games, and then obviously Devin and and uh, Fred and and Patrick Weah who have played first team games. Um, so it's like when you talk about like benchmarks and that sort of thing, I really just think about is what's the progress? Like how are we actually helping? the teams at a higher level than what we are. The The second team is clearly the most logical step for academy boys. It's very difficult to jump from academy into first team football. And so the experiences that they've got with um, Cam and his staff has, has been incredible because not only does that reward the players for the work that they put in, but it also means that when they step back into the academy world, they have this extra experience. They have this... Um, extra knowledge of what the next level looks like and they can help all the other players in the academy uh, understand what that feels like and then help everybody push forward. When you have tryouts for the academy or when you are reaching out to communities, making people aware of what Minnesota United Academy is, what MNUFC Academy is and how you go about being a part of that, what is that process like for you? What is the, the message to communities, to parents, when parents reach out to you, the environment you're trying to create. I mean, a lot of these kids are still young. How does that not, a, I don't want to call it a sales pitch because it's not that, but you are at the end of the day though, like with the competition within these clubs and ECNL and all this other stuff, I can't keep it straight. When I played, it was like one thing. It was like one yeah. path. You know, how do you, how do you tell people and parents and reassure them that this is maybe where your kid belongs or this is a good spot for them, or at least to come and try it out and, and see if it, if it fits. Yeah. I think that, if we look at Minnesota United, the profile of our football club, where we are at the global world of football, where we are um, within the MLS landscape, like we have to think about what our competitive advantages are. And some of those competitive advantage, uh, advantages are, is like, can we create a culture in which these players feel a sense of belonging, feel that they're improving, feel that people care about them, and they build a sense that the players love our football club, love representing the football club. And then can we create a, a togetherness within within our whole academy that allows um, our competitive advantage to simply be us? And so what we uh, when we go and talk to parents or we talk to players, it's like this environment is not for everybody, uh, but this environment is for uh, people, firstly, who want to live in a Minnesota United way that match the values of our football club. Are you prepared to work together um, to achieve a big goal? Um, the the academy teams <clears throat> will not all play in the Minnesota United first team. Like Individuals will make debuts. Um, but we have to do these things together because it's a team sport. Do we have players and people who are adaptable to the circumstances that they're going to see? The more adaptable and versatile these players are, the better chance that they have to make it higher up in the game. It's like Devin Padelford is a good example. When he came in here, he was a striker or a number 10 or some sort of attacking player. And early on, um, Coach Justin Ferguson was like, hey, make that guy play left back. And Dave said, yeah, I'll do whatever. And ultimately we say if Adrian Heath comes to you today and says, what position do you want to play on Saturday? The answer is probably I'll play anywhere. And, mm -hmm. you know, so as versatile as we can make them. And then, you know, it's, it's about developing that sense of community. It's about developing that culture. It's about trying to insist on our competitive advantage is the, the thought of Minnesota United that the players aren't using this simply as a vehicle to get where they want, but that they're a part of building the culture of this football club and they're, they're the architects for what we're trying to do within the academy. And, and that sense of belonging, that love for the football club is is a core bedrock of what we're trying to do. 
How have you seen when you have tryouts and you had you bringing kids in from all different places that are coming from different clubs or different styles of play or different backgrounds? Like, you know, that is sort of part of the beautiful game, right? Is that there are people from all over the world, from all different walks of life that have grown up with different ways of playing the game that are then coming together as a team and trying to make that that work. We see it at the professional level and otherwise. So when you have the tryouts or, you know, there's a combine or whatever it might be, how do you see that? vibe that energy um manifests itself in in that moment and how much do you have to do you hone in on kids where it's like okay i think back to odp and i might be dating myself because i don't even know if odp still exists but it was like the thing right when i grew up is you have all these kids and you're wearing like tryout jersey 356 on your back and you've all come from somewhere else and then you're all coming together and you've got you want to showcase your your abilities but you still have this team concept and getting kids to buy into that. Like the team is greater than the individual. Well, I think that I would say that the club is greater than the individual team as such. Mm -hmm. When we talk about Minnesota United, we have five football teams in the club and, and the club is, is everything. And again, falling back on that bedrock of what it means to be Minnesota United. What is the identity of, of our football club? What is the identity of our Academy that allows us not only to pick players, with say the 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 technical or tactical or soccer attributes that allow them to compete at the level or exceed at the level, but it's also like that bedrock allows us to also like look and investigate individuals um, just in how they operate away from the field, how they operate on the field. You think about some of the unique parts of Minnesota United Academy. We have to travel further than everybody else in the league. We do more back to back weekends. The boys miss school quite a few days, so. When you're talking about effectively bringing a culture on the road or bringing our home to other places, it's like we need to be sure that the individuals and the characters that we have around the the academy actually represent our football club in a positive way. And so um, one of the big things that we do, not only in the building of the academy, but also in the in the weekly workings of the league, is make sure that everybody understands what it means to represent the club uh, make sure everybody understands the guidelines and, and the requirements that is, is needed off the pitch and, and make sure everybody knows that what you do off the pitch trans- translates to on the pitch. And um, some of the, the the best compliments that we get through the academy is when boys step up to second team or first team, people come back and say, hey, these boys are very professional. They look after themselves. They're no trouble. Um, they really love the football club and they work their socks off. And, you know, those are the types of things that it's like, okay, we can build the base of that. And then hopefully as as we progress, um, more players will come through that. And who are Minnesota United guys? When did you figure out for you that this is what you wanted to do? This is what you were meant to do. And how did you, where in your life and your footballing career were you like, and, and may, don't I don't want to put words in your mouth, but culture is like a number one. And then maybe everything falls under that tree. Devin was kind of saying the culture that the tone that you have set has been like second to none since you stepped into that job. And, and a huge reason for any success that the Academy has in season, whatever, however you define success is because of the culture and that foundation that you've laid. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. And I don't know if you slipped him like 20 bucks for that or what, but <laughs> <laughs> they should have done. They, um, he owes me a few dollars right now. This <laughs> yeah. the, um, the, the, I don't know where I come from. We don't have much else except culture. Um, I, I like to tell people I grew up in the world's greatest city. Um, and I was raised by the greatest people in the world. Like I 
genuinely feel that um, I'm a lucky person. I grew up in a in a place called Belfast, which is the second biggest city in Ireland. I grew up during the, what they call the Troubles, which was not a great time in our history, but the, our sense of community was very, very strong. And some people use that sense of community in negative ways, but I think I tried my best to um, live in the positive moments of that. And then just the football clubs I grew up in, my dad was involved in football. He played at a decent level within Ireland. He coached. I pretty much grew up in a locker room. I don't really know how or why um, <laughs> culture is important, um, but I think like the building of culture is something that has to be done every day. It's like something you genuinely live. The definition to me of culture is what we do here. So what we do in Ireland or Barcelona, it cannot be the same as in Minnesota. I, I've i lived in Minnesota now pretty much for about 23 years. Um, uh, my wife is from Minnesota. My kids are obviously from here. Um, so I feel like I understand Minnesota, Minnesota people quite well. Um, but it's like, what are the attributes of the human beings who live here? What are the attributes of the place that we live in? And how do we tie that in together to what the football club should look like? Because if I think about the attributes of Minnesota United, being versatile, being dependable, being strong leaders, doing things together, being unique to us. Well, I'm like, well, that is kind of what people are like here. Is not what then people want to see in their football club and what they want to see in their football players. So I'm like, okay, let's try to do more than simply say he's a good soccer player. Let's see, let's see if he's a good Minnesota United person. And uh, from there, then hopefully players like Dave pop out and more players coming through so that when they step into the environment of Allianz Field, they know what they're representing. And the people can also um, look at guys like Devin and say he represents the best of what we are. And my belief is that's what a football club actually does. You have a proudest moment up to this point in your time with Minnesota United and what you've done with the Academy. I know we talked to you after, I mean, is it still called the GA Cup? I don't want to screw yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah, you yeah, guys yeah, were yeah, in yeah. Florida this year. It wasn't in Dallas, but... And I remember talking a lot about that afterwards and the teams that were down there and the cohesiveness of the group, even if the result wasn't there, supporting the, you know, the teams within the academy. But other, you know, any moment that sticks out with you, and it doesn't have to be a big thing like a game. Yeah. It could be a small victory on a day that sticks out to you. Yeah, like I, you can like take some of the highlight reels and be like, yeah, we beat Arsenal and we yeah. beat Manchester United last year and played the big teams. We played Celtic, which is a good thing for me. I obviously grew up <laughs> in a community where Celtic is the king. Um, and those are all great, but those are all like this stuff that helps these boys then progress on. You know, the ultimate goal to belong to the football club and to become a first team player. Like this is all the stuff that helps them to get there. So those for me are not the highlights. We had a, a pretty sad moment in our academy this spring where one of our, our main players uh, lost their father quite suddenly. He passed away. And although it's a hugely sad moment when there's a funeral, especially when it's a, a younger guy and then his son is obviously a prominent member, the, the thing that has probably made me the most proud was seeing how the, our players and our staff and our academy rallied around not only the player but his family to see how close they were in the most difficult moment that hopefully that child has to experience in his life. That is the thing that made me most proud because I was like, this means more than just kicking a ball. And this means more than um, representing the football club. This means that hopefully forever that these are Minnesota United guys and hopefully forever these guys have each other's backs, especially in difficult moments. And I told the players that at the time, I don't care if they play in a World Cup final. I don't care if they win MLS Cup. I will be most proud 
that if they knew that in the difficult moments that I was there for them or that we were there for them. And in that moment, it sort of showed up. And that is the thing that made me most proud. I love that because it is so true. I mean, at the end of the day, those relationships and those connections, and at the end of the day, everyone's a human being and like being able to support people in challenging times and happy times and all of the above and, and, and the age group of that kids and, and those kids and to recognize that, you know, clearly something is going right with the culture and what you, I got to give you guys a, a massive shout out. I, I said to you before we started recording that my daughter did the camp on Memorial day and I just love what you guys do. And I just think it's so phenomenal seeing you guys out in the community and being a part of it. And um, she was up at all American cup this last weekend and the twos, you know, some of the, the, the first team guys were at the twos game and, all that stuff. So it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's amazing, especially being in Minnesota soccer community, as long as you and I both have to, you know, remember when we were playing in that and our USA cup, or, you know, the fact that Allianz field is a thing now. And so I just, I love what you guys are doing. And I think it starts at, at the, at the ground level with you guys building that, that whole vibe and that whole culture. So I For think, sure. uh, appreciate it's- you guys. It's like I think about my own son and it would be very easy for him to be a Celtic fan or a Manchester City <laughs> fan. But my own son, who's 11, he's like, he needs to be a Minnesota United fan. This needs to be his football club. He's from here. The club needs to represent him and he needs to care about the football club so that when he is 25 or 30, that this is his club and he supports us and we sustain the progress that we're trying to make all the time. And uh I think that's massively important and what a better place to start than in youth football where people actually already care about soccer. Love that. Um, and just one last note. I just, I don't know how you feel about the Ireland women in this world cup. I got Canada, Ireland on July 26th. How are you oh. feeling about your women? First time ever qualifying for the world cup for Ireland. Um, I think the opening matches Ireland against Australia, obviously the hosts. Uh, what I do know is, Irish people support our teams, especially at the international level at these big moments, hugely. Um, the match was, the opening kickoff was originally scheduled for a smaller stadium, but because so many people bought tickets, it's now moved to the big rugby stadium or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that shows, firstly, how much Irish people care about other Irish people doing well. The most famous person in Ireland is a girl called Katie Taylor, and she is a five or six time boxing world champion. She won a gold. Ireland have only won about 14 gold medals in history at the Olympic Games and she won one of them. And she also played 50 times for Ireland women's soccer team. I mean, you're talking like the most famous sports person in Ireland at this current moment. And uh, the thing about the Irish is that the team will do well and they will fight and they will probably overachieve as they always do. And the, the player who scores the big goal will be remembered for a long time. That's for sure. So um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for them. You know, I just, they, these are the moments these, like you talk about storytelling and culture, you know, that's, that's what I, you know, that's what I love about this game in general is just like, you get to highlight people and at the end of the day in stories. And I, I think that'll be awesome. So I look forward to it, but thank you so much for taking the time. I just talked to Devin. We all know you guys have a crazy schedule and, a lot going on. So I always appreciate you guys taking the time and, and making time for us because I think people love to hear from you guys, um, especially with the academies and the twos. And it's not always just about the first team and, you know, Messi coming to Miami and all that jazz. We get we get to dive into the roots of, of Minnesota soccer. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having us and uh, appreciate the support and all those things. We look forward to having more Devons come through. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, stay tuned, everybody. Another episode coming up of Sound of the Loons. Next week, Minnesota will be back from their break. 
Uh, maybe you'll tune it into some CONCACAF Nations League and otherwise, because there's a lot of guys in action over the next couple of days. So thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.